What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. Um, as always, before we jump into the Mackenzie Dern Angela Hill Fight Night card, go down, like, and subscribe, comment what you think on the card. And as always, we might even talk some special news that just broke as of today that happens to do with MMA culture and the world around right now. Probably the biggest news in MMA in the last last year. As always, I'm Paul Pickle Winham Concha, and I'm joined with. You already know, man. It's your boy, Kev. Water boy, Savoy, aka the Don Pye, aka the realest motherfucker on your screen. But, Pau, this is my last weekend in a in a America for a little bit, dog. Like, if anybody asks, I'm from America, so motherfucking this card is gonna be interesting. But what the fuck happened? You You don't want to talk your people, bro. You don't want to talk your guy. You don't want to introduce it. See, man, I was waiting for it because you already know, man. My dog, Francisco Nuganu, just signed his motherfucking deal and announced that bitch in prime fashion. This is we're recording this on Tuesday night, Tuesday morning. Francis let us know that he signed with the PFL, and we can, we can, we can turn, we can get blitz to that. Yeah, we get my a little, boy does not only my boy, and he became, and he showed, he showed, he really showed. I think the biggest takeaway from this deal is that bro showed his work. Like, he's the baddest man on the planet, and he showed you how much people are willing to pay for that. I'm going to go down real quick, bullet point style, what the deal is for anyone who's been living underneath a fucking rock. Anyone who doesn't know what's going on. PFL just signed Francis for two to three fights only. Guarantees high seven-figure purse for each fight. And he gets a split of the event's profits. Not only is he signed as a fighter, but he gets a salary and a signing bonus because they sign him as the brand ambassador of the PFL. He'll have the right to have cages in, I mean, like have sponsors in the cage, a non-exclusive tag because he still plans to have a boxing bout in the next six months before the year is over. And no championship clause or other extensions and no any having to pay any championship fees. And a minimum salary of at least a million dollars for whoever's fighting him. Wait, what the fuck is a championship fee? So, like, a, a, you usually have to pay fees if you're the champion to have the belt. Yeah, it's nothing. It's not like because it's like a, whenever you have a because it's because whenever you fight as a champion, they're like under commissions. They had the commission takes a certain amount of money to uh, like sp- uh, to make it a championship bout or something. So then, like that fee goes to paying the commission or. Well, you know, any way these people can make money, bro, they'll find a fucking way to make money. But Francis Nagano overcame all of that. All of it. Said, fuck all that. Shout out Nagano, man. That's fucking awesome. And then, but didn't he get stuff for his other, for for his opponents too? Yeah, a minimum 1 million salary, up to 2 million. That's just depending on the opponent or whatever. But yeah, man, and he can do that when. You're not. You can do that when people are going to be tuning in just to watch Madonna fight. That's people. That's going to be one of the big reasons why motherfuckers are big on PFL again. So it's like, wow, my boy did his Johnny Appleseed run. He added to another amazing story. He added more to his amazing story already. So shout out my big cousin Mbaku, my motherfucking Francis Madonna man. So how do you like this? Yeah, I know the deal is nice, but do you like this move? Because Sino said it best in the um in the chat. He says 
Francis is getting a um he's getting a better deal for easier fights. Yeah, I think it all depends on what happens in the next three, three or four years. Cause it could either look as a really good thing and like PFL may be able to not even just PFL, but like probably PFL because they're the ones that land in Nagano. But like I could see other fighters pushing to maybe go to PFL. It all depends if other fighters start making that bridge. Because if the other fighters follow suit with him and go over to PFL, you really – like, UFC just fumbled it. UFC had the ability to be the best promotion by forever, and no other thing can even scratch the surface. But if Francis go in there, at least I think that opens the door for, like, okay, now we don't just get maybe UFC fighters that are on their last leg or fighters that just don't like the UFC and want to fight somewhere. It's like, now you might actually get some fucking stars. Like, or even maybe not the biggest stars at first, but, like, people that have, like, that pride. Like, because Francis showed that, like, he has the pride to go for bigger things. And there might be some other fighters that might feel the same type of way. And they might be like, you know what? I might make a little less here, but fuck Dana White. And Fuck this promotion. I'm tired of this shit. I'm going. And like now it doesn't look like, oh, well, you ran to the PFL. You scared of cat. And it looks like if they can start umping up the competition, it could. I mean, look, Shane Burgos, you PFL debut, fucking lost after coming off a win in the UFC. And like he beat Charles Air Jordan, who just beat Kron Gracie. Like, and he goes to the PFL and loses his first fight. Like, Christoph Jocko goes PFL debut loses his first fight on the same card as Burgos. And it's just like, maybe that difference in talent isn't as big as some people keep making it out to be. And we'll, like, this could be great. I think it honestly, for the world of MMA, it could be great. It could be really a, a big stepping stone. I think it's fucking awesome because it's like, you want more options. But I've learned, I'm at a point in life where I believe options is the coolest thing to have. So just to be like, there is, especially as a fucking, uh, what's the word for it? Um, an uncon, a contracted, contracted like, he's like an uncracked. Oh, I forget what the word is for. Oh, they're like contracted like, employees. Like they're not really like they're just contract per contract. Yeah, type shit. So like, I respect that the fact that he did that because now he's opened up the doors, and then he also made it kind of cool in a sense because like motherfuckers are hating it right now. John Jones. Oh, he's like, bro, how you talking? What did he say? He said, he said. Oh, I have it right in front of me, bro. <laughs> All right, what, what the quote said? Two tweets. He said, calling yourself the baddest man on the planet from across the street. Who does that? LOL. <laughs> then my, my favorite one was the second one. He said, my man wins one Super Bowl, transferred to a top arena football league, and claims to be better than Brady. That's what I'm hearing right now. <laughs> that god damn like i'm like john jones fucking hilarious bro y'all didn't laugh at those like i don't know man john jones fucking hilarious nah definitely cooked my dog and i think this fight can still happen one day but um yeah he definitely cooked my dog on that one but there's gonna be there's gonna be people that like it there's gonna be some people that hate it at the end of the day francis did what he did and then he showed he's showing there's a way to be made for those because imagine if this happened before like the diaz brothers made it went to the ufc Fedor before and Fedor is probably there was a deal like this when Fedor was again. Like there's people that can do Demetrius Johnson. What if what if he did his last five fights for PFL type shit? Like there's some motherfuckers that can really benefit off of shit like this. And like they don't have to fight for that rank no more. It might 
it might really if this works and it shows well and they can do it again and repeat it maybe at a smaller scale for different fighters that this can really turn into like you'll be going to start fighting for pride for real for real because you can go to different places now yeah and like if john jones and him do fight like who's stopping john jones from signing a one-year pfl fight deal Who's stopping that? I mean, I mean, like you, you saying that you hate him from across the street. I mean, what's stopping you from after your retirement fight to go sign a one fight deal over there, brother? Who's stopping you? Uh, Is it the master Dana? Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's Dana because Dana loves him with John Jones. And uh, I, but I do think it's great for the sport. And I honestly, I don't think the talent different. I mean, yes the top five from this, from each division in the UFC versus the top five in the divisions of other, probably four out of five UFC guys in every division will win. I don't think it's as drastic as they make it seem where, like, they don't, like, I still think, like, there's some still some depth there. And I think that with Francis going there, like you said, people will tune in for the fights. And if PFL does it right, they can put a nice undercard prelim together of some unknown guys that they think have high skill levels and a nice main card of like, don't throw Shane Burgos on there. Cause they know who Shane Burgos is. Throw in like a Johnny Eplin versus Le- uh, Leon Edwards, little brother for the co-main event. Though like, though the, your talent that you grew within the organization. Oh no, that's Bellator. My apologies. But like, take the, take the um talent that you have in your organization and, have them on the main card so that when people tune in, they see the talent that's on here that isn't former UFC guys. They'll be like, oh, shit. Like, you can really yeah. you can really sell these other fighters that you want to grow under the Francis Nugano main event. Yeah, that's facts. That's, I didn't even think about it like that. And then even, even after John Jones, after John Jones and Stipe retire, there are probably only two UFC heavyweights and they're UFC heavyweights in the UFC that can really fuck with Francis. Like, Jensen Almeida and Sergey Pavlovich. Like, they can really get Francis to fight. Taylor Voss isn't giving Francis that fight. Rosenstrike isn't giving Francis a fight. Motherfucker. So, like, I really don't see the hugest difference, especially if those two are battling each other for the championships in the coming years. I don't see a huge di- Oh, and Aspinall. Aspinall can get Francis to fight if he comes back 100%. So, yeah, I really don't see this as a bad move by anybody. I, and Francis even slightly, no way informed. And I don't think Dana White's ever gonna budge either. I feel like this is gonna be a situation where it's gonna be like, then take your ass to the PFL if you want a motherfucking Francis deal and motherfucking. And then it comes down to the, you know what? I will. I fucking will, Dana. Thank you. Thank you for telling me, bro. And I just hope I what I don't want to see out of this is an upflux of fighters that want to go to the PFL and then Dana White sitting there like, nah, man, I got you on a four-fight contract, brother. Like, you can't go nowhere. And then, like, with you wanting to go to the PFL and him having you on a contract, he might – and he, he feel – you know, Dana's a very petty man. He might feel rubbed the wrong way. You might not ever fight again. And that's, like, the biggest hell, they say, is because he owns the rights to you for four fights and he won't put you in a fight. So now you can't go fight anywhere else because of that. Like, so I just hope there isn't no petty shit. Like you said, you didn't want him anymore because of the the contract negotiations. All right, cool, but don't start taking that out on other fighters now. Like, don't like you you was cool with him leaving, then be cool with everybody leaving, brother. Like, don't 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 pick and choose. I look at it as a big now that's facts, but I think the best way for this to go is that like 
imagine like a Sean O'Malley. Like, this time last year, Sean O'Malley was telling everybody, I'm not trying to fight for no championship until like I'm making championship level money. Like you feel me? Like Sean O'Malley really came in with the business first. Patty and he really sat down and said, Yeah, like these are the people that can go to that, that can go to the PFL and really leverage that marketing. And this is the door that France is open for him. And look at Evan also, because he's also brand ambassador. So like all my basketball fans out there. You always hear the stories of like free agents that go to four or five different cities. They talk to all the, 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 the GMs and whoever they want to bring in. But like sometimes the person that sells them is like, like you're going to go sign for the Celtics and motherfucking Larry Bird is with the fucking GM. And Larry Bird's like, hey, bro, you really want to fucking do this? And like I was like, like now Francis is going to be in that meeting with the owner of PFL to go meet these upcoming fighters and be like, hey, like it sometimes that's all it takes is there's another former fighter that's there and the, like that done great things like maybe the the fighters five years from now like yeah like age differences they go look at some eighteen year old in fucking Brazil and there's Brazilians like Francis you're my hero Francis like you you you're you're the greatest of all time and like now that kid don't give a fuck about UFC that kid's gonna sign with PFL why because Francis came to talk to him so like. I think they this I just want to say like this could be a really big stepping stone. I think UFC really doesn't understand like the 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 domino effect that could happen if this is really done right. I think they know, but they I'm telling you, Dana's not they, giving. A fuck. I think <laughs> by the time that this would really be like a staple, because the, by the time this actually becomes like a staple and like becomes like something, Dana will be retired like ten years from now. I don't see Dana still do it, still dealing with the same bullshit. So he's gonna like, be gone. I think in five years they're saying like he has like a plan and set like someone to take over soon because Jit's like seventy, but like he just looks good. Yeah, he does take care of himself. I was doing that, but nah, that's what it is, motherfucking. I actually know a whole bunch of shit on why he looks like that, but um. Yeah, this was a very good move for Francis May. I'm happy for my boy. Shout out to Big Mbaku. Shout out Big Francis. Shout out the PFL for throwing the fucking working with the fighters. Go tune into the PFL cards if you haven't already. Get fucking used to those fighters. Learn some names so that whenever you and your MMA buddies are watching the first Francis card, you might be like, "Oh, you might have you might be able to break down some of these fighters for your homeboys next to you." That's did you want to get into the other news thing before we get into the card? Oh, we'll say we'll, let's get into the card. The card is gonna be kind of quick. All I'm right. not gonna lie to you. Shout out and respect. To, shout out and respect to Paul because when I looked at this card, I said, "Okay, if it was up to me, the breakdown for this card would have been, okay, Mackenzie Dern versus Angela Hill. They're gonna fight. Somebody's gonna win. Somebody's gonna lose." All right, yeah, on to the I'm, back to fences. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I mean, I'm. I'm just gonna real quick. The, the prelim preacher here. Yeah, Ilar Latifa, heavyweight, heavyweight veteran, 17 and 8, going against Rodrigo Nascimento. And, like, Rodrigo should win in every facet of the word. He's a great Brazilian heavyweight, young, going to come up. He's been, he's looked great in the regional circuits. He's looked great on his um, UFC debuts. But Latifa, you just always got to shout out your vets. So shout out my boy, Laver Latifa. And then uh, Chase Hopper. He was one of the first UFC fighters that's supposed to be the next great thing. BJJ specialist, super great fighter. And he was the one of the first times where you realize, oh, this is how you rush a fighter. And they rush Chase Hopper, and he hasn't looked good that well since. But we'll see. Like, I mean, it's a pick-em fight, so it should be a good one. And then uh, 
Michael Johnson versus Diego Fiera. A nice little pick and fight. Michael Johnson, UFC vet. Diego Fiera still trying to make his run at lightweight. So we'll see how he looks there. The big one that I'm going to talk before we get into, because we're only going to talk Angela Hill versus Mackenzie Dern. Joquan Buckley. That boy's making his fucking welterweight debut. And I know you're a Joquan Buckley fan. Uh, he's going up against Andre Villajo, who Andre Villajo in his last fight, uh, he, I mean, he's coming off of two losses, both by KO. One was against Jake Matthews, where Jake Matthews did the sh- – like he knocked him out and then did a shrug afterwards running around the cage. And I don't think Fialajo's been the same since. Got KO'd in his next fight. Still a great boxer, but, I mean, I don't know. I think Buckley's going to look real – I like Buckley, so, like, I'm I'm skewed. I think Buckley's going to get another KO win. He he's just, he's just so fucking strong for how small he – like, he's just a fucking a truck, so. Yeah, he's so fucking big for no fucking reason. It's scary. So, I can't wait to see him, what he can do over there at the welterweight. I mean, he was taking a couple of L's because mostly just that middleweight. Yeah, now he's cutting down to welterweight. <laughs> Yeah, he's been taking a couple of L's right there because a lot of those boys are a lot taller. Than, like, when he fought Kevin Holland, he's just longer, longer, longer. Because the middleweight, there's long, big, and still fast. So, like, that was pretty slow. To see him at welterweight, see what he could do out there. He could probably get in the top 15 and really just bang out. And he might, I want to see if he has power at 170. I feel like he can really get some knockouts in there. He should have the power because you usually don't see it fall off unless they're moving up in weight. But the one thing I am worried about is his chin. Because you always hear about people when they cut a lot of weight, like they're like just being unhydrated and shit, like their chin goes. But I do want to see if his chin lasts. He's coming, he is coming off of two L's in a row. He got knocked out by Chris Curtis, even though Chris Curtis, like that fight in the first round, I felt like Buckley was winning, but Chris Curtis came back and knocked him out. So, I mean, he's just one of those fighters, he'll probably never fight for a title. But he'll always look good on somebody's resume if they get a win over him. And he's always bringing it 120%. My pick for fight of the night, they're both stand-up fighters. Balajo has been shown that he can get outboxed. But I don't think Buckley's that crisp of a boxer. He's just more of like, I'm a bang with you. So I just think it should be a great little fight. Someone with a little bit of technical prowess versus somebody who you'll feel every punch they fucking land. Hey, man, I don't know, man. He might, there might be some space for him over there in the PFL, I'm just saying. And then our main event, Angela Hill versus Mackenzie Dern. And not really a pick em. Dern's minus 170. Hill's plus 145. Dern's a little bit of a favorite here. Everyone knows Mackenzie Dern. If it hits the mat, she's one of one. Don't let it hit the mat. Angela Hill, great striker. More of a stand-up brawler type of fighter. 70-something percent takedown defense. And Mackenzie Dern, similar to like Gilbert Burns and some other like great BJJ fighters, they don't have the best offensive wrestling to take someone to the mat, but if it gets to the mat, then it becomes an issue. So, like, is Dern going to be able to take Hill down? Hill being a bigger fighter at the stallweight division already, and she has really – not really great takedown defense, but good takedown defense, and she knows that's where Dern can beat her. She's probably going to be game planning for it. So it does make it a really good, interesting fight. I got Dern here. I just – you know, I can't go against that nice lumpless booty. <laughs> I I mean I would all respect McKenzie. Nothing. All due respect, facts. But yeah, I respect it. I mean, the last McKenzie Dern fight I was going for McKenzie Dern, and I want to say the last Angela Hill fight I was going for Angela Hill. So I'm pretty split between the two. 
Oof, I'm probably gonna have to take Angela Hill on this one because she's a fucking like a donor. So like motherfucking Ah, uh, yeah, I'll take Angela Hill on this one. I'll see. I feel like Angela Hill can put um Mackenzie Dern in some really uncomfortable places up top. And as long as she doesn't let it go to the mat, it's straight. But it's there's a five round fight, so it could go either or. But I'll take the underdog. I'll take Angela Hill on this one. I got Dern because of it. If it was a three-round fight, I think Angela Hill probably would win on decision. But because it's five rounds, I think it'll hit the mat eventually, especially in round three, four, five, when they're a little bit more tired. And then that's when I think Dern's going to turn up. But yeah, yeah. Shout out to uh, – I don't know if you follow him, but the UFC um, reporter, Alex uh, Behunin. I'm not sure if I'm saying his name right. But he always does the humanizing athletes, and he puts out what their favorite drink is, favorite food, favorite pastime, favorite. Like he just does a whole list of their favorite things, and it's to humanize the athletes to make it more human for people to actually connect with them. And he did Mackenzie Dern this weekend because that's primetime fighter this weekend. But just tell me she's not speaking to like the USC people, bro. Like the, you, everyone already sees Mackenzie Dern, and like she's like the UFC dime piece, right? Now, just put yourself yeah. like the MMA Twitter, the, the average MMA Twitter user, right? This is her favorite thing, right? Favorite food, steak. Favorite drink, cold IPA beer. Favorite show, The Last Dance. Favorite video game, Donkey Kong. Favorite fighter, Charles Oliveira. Favorite athlete, Michael Jordan. Favorite knockout, Joaquin Buckley versus Ipa Kasagan. Shout out, Joaquin Buckley. Favorite uh, all-time fight to watch, Joan Jodorowsky versus Wei Zhang, the first fight. Uh, favorite sport other than MMA, surfing. Favorite submission to practice, the toe hold. Mm. Favorite place to travel, Brazil. And favorite quote, we don't win the battle, we win the war. Damn, who said that? <laughs> But she said, favorite food, steak, I, I, a nice ice-cold IPA beer, and her favorite thing is the Last Dance TV show. I was like, bro, like, fuck it. I know this. Every MMA Twitter guy is fucking nutted they pants for that one. I was to say, I was thinking, like, man, how did she become finer? Like, how did she figure out a way to be finer for being so cool? Uh, but, yeah, uh, now, we, I mean, we saved it. Kev, I'm going to swing it to you. Break the news for them, brother. My boy Dana, man, he had to go talk his shit, man. So he gave us some, he had to drop some gems on us because he's next fucking card. Was this before or after the Francis news? <laughs> this is like three hours ago. Oh, so he saw like, that, he saw that PFL news and he was like, I gotta fuck it. I gotta drop something too. Yeah, this definitely because I don't, because Francis even announced that he was gonna do that. So they had time to set it up and be like, all right. Is that on some like rapping shit? As soon as he drop, I'm gonna drop type shit. So this, so Dana White, he confirmed UFC 290. Um, Alexander Volkanovski versus Alexander Pantoja. No, Alexander versus Volkanovski versus Yair Rodriguez. Alexander Pantoja versus um Brandon Moreno is gonna be the co-main event. But we already knew that. Yep. UFC 291 though. Stack. Oh, so many. So I said, they said, since Jorge Masvidal is retired, we're going to have a new BMF fucking. we got to have a new BMF belt. So he said, let's find the baddest motherfuckers around. Dustin Portier versus the human highlight reel of Justin Gaethje, man. The and rematch. It's going to be 
banger. And then you got Jan versus the newest member of the fucking light heavyweight division, the Brazilian archer master, frozen like Elsa, Alex Paeta. Your favorite, Paulo Costa, is coming back to fight some motherfucker that I'm hoping. You know who up. he is. You know who Ekron Asakirov is. You remember last week, the person who knocked out Phil Halls with the one does the right hand up the middle, dropped him like dead sack of potatoes and walked off. And I said his only loss is against Hamzat. Oh, shit. That's who that, yeah, he just cracked the top 15 and they he's fighting for the top five spot, like a top four spot against Paulo. Oh, he's coming to fuck shit up. Yeah, that, I had to, I had to make sure I had to make some some people who was watching like, hey, bro, like this isn't just some somebody. Like we just saw him two weeks ago. Hell yeah! And then your boy fucking Tony Ferguson back against Bobby Green. I like that. And then everybody's favorite Kevin Holland's going against Michael Chiesa. And this is pretty much for if I want to work if Kevin Holland gets his win, where he would be ranked? Because Chiesa's number twelve. He was talking about it'd be nice to have a little number next to his name real quick. So that, but this card is fucking ridiculous. We don't even know what the prelims are. Yeah, I really like the Bobby Green fight for Tony Ferguson because, like, I, like I think this is me the telling sign. It has Tony Ferguson only been losing to like top five talent in the UFC, or if he goes up against Bobby Green and it's like a, a close fight or Bobby Green went, like, I think it'd be the telling sign. Okay, Tony Ferguson that we once knew was over. But if he goes out there and beats Bobby Green pretty easily, be like, okay, well, maybe he's like a wonder boy. Like, he's he's in his wonder boy situation. Like, don't pin him against top five guys, but he can still beat, like, middle tier guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I miss the whole Tony Ferguson grind, rise, run, and everything like that. I just like my dog because he's cool people. <laughs> and then Holland, I think but, this fight's great because I was I'm surprised that Holland hasn't got ranked in the top fifteen yet. So like him getting a actually like a ranked opponent fucking seems fair enough to me. I'm calling it right now, Jan versus Alex Paeta. I feel like. Alex hits him with a knee because he's going to think that, oh, I could take you guys down like I did. Is he? All right. Pow. Derek Brunson was stupid ass. And that knee was stupid ass. Like, is he did Derek Brunson? And now he wobbled. The Porter, the Porter versus. But that main event is crazy. I don't like it, though. See, for me, I don't like it because the first fight wasn't, don't worry, it's a human highlight real banger. But by like halfway through the second round, Dustin Poirier figured him out and was like, Starting to tag him up from the outside. Like, because Poirier is just like such a great striker. Where, like, I just feel like it's going to be similar to that. Where, like, okay, it might be kind of close for the first two rounds ish. But then come round three, four, five, Poirier is probably going to be the one that's just tagging him from like from the outside and shit. And like, Gaethje will never shoot a takedown. So it would just be like, what the fuck? No, that's real. I'm thinking. Um, I'm just using bad the MMA maps, some bad MMA maps. I'm thinking like Michael Chandler, Loki, I want to beat Dustin Poitier. And like, I really like Justin Gaethje to beat the fuck out of Michael Chandler right now. So like, that's my the map. First on time too. Fight. This, yeah, this is my map on why it's going to be a good, why that's going to be a good fight. And like, this is one of those situations where it's like, yo, we kind of got to fight for blood because the winner from this fight probably is going to get the next championship fight. Yeah, like and probably we when is two ninety was in August, right? July 29th in Salt Lake City, Utah. 
July 29th. Actually, because Islam's fighting in Abu Dhabi in October. So whoever wins here, if they don't take too much damage, they could maybe just be slotted right in for the October Abu Dhabi. But you never know because they might just wait till the next year. Who knows? It might be Oliveira for Abu Dhabi. That we'll see how that shit goes because we still need Benil Darius versus versus um Oliver, but that card is gonna be a fucking banger. But that's not the only one he announced. What else he announced? August nineteenth. August nineteenth. The UFC is going to motherfucking Boston, and like they said it, like it's going like it like we like they said. If the main event will be Sean O'Malley versus motherfucking Aljamain Sterling. Yes, and sir. Boy, that's the fight we want. That's the fight we want to see. And you also know who else and is at UFC Boston 292. Who is Zonway Lee and um, Amanda Limos? Yes, sir. Co-main event. The women's strawweight belt's going to be on the line as well. Yeah, they got some hitters coming through. This is They don't try to blow the roof off of Boston because I like someone need to come through with some aggression and some violence because if she does that, I think the next fight is in China with Yao Sing Pen. Versus Zong. I definitely think she's going to win. So, like, I think he's setting up for the UFC China. Hell yeah, that should be crazy. But they have even, um, I want to say there's um Wonder Boy fighting on this card too. Who's Wonder Boy fighting? I'm not too sure. I I know I've only seen those two fights announced. I'm not saying that it ha- like Wonder Boy hasn't been announced. I did see that Wonder Boy's looking for a fight. He probably seen all these fights get announced, and he wants something. Yeah, Wonder Boy's taking on Michael Pike, Michael Pierre. Okay. And Derek DeLewis was taking on Marcos Rodrigo de Lima. Okay, those are uh, Marcos. Uh, that's not a bad fight, actually. That's a pretty- which card are you more excited Zong- for, though? Bro, Zongway Lee next to Amanda Lemos is fucking scary. These built-ass motherfuckers. Which which card are you more excited for? Definitely got to see Justin Gaethje and um, Dustin Poirier. Because I feel like I've yet to see Justin Gaethje. Like, his last fight against um Fazeev was really, really good. But that was like a three-round fight. I want to see Justin Gaethje. Five rounds, banging him out, fucking him up. And they could definitely squeeze in another main card fight. I know Henry Cejudo called – I mean, for Boston, they could squeeze in another main card fight. Henry Cejudo called out Marab for the uh, for UFC Boston. So maybe if that gets thrown on there, I probably would lean towards Boston being my favorite card. But I know right now UFC 291 is fucking – it looks like a fucking stacked-ass card. Banger. And I bet you the prelims going to go crazy too. But the funny thing about UFC 292 over there in Boston – is Ray Longo says he did not get he did not hear from Aljo about agreeing to this fight. Oh, he just took it. Aljo just took it himself. I'm not sure, but I'm guessing that's what they're insinuating. You know, the media they're trying to make it seem like maybe maybe Aljo didn't take the fight, but nah, like Damian White's not gonna announce some shit that isn't in stone yet. So motherfucking Aljo said, I bet I'm gonna beat your motherfucking ass. And I think that's the dis- to a disadvantage to Sean O'Malley. I feel like Sean O'Malley still isn't ready. Yeah, and I, I don't think so either. I mean, you could go a year straight BJJ. I don't think you'd be ready for Aljo. But also, I, I'm going to stand on it, but we would not have heard about these fights today if we didn't see the Francis Nugano signing, <laughs> signing deals. Oh, no, that's facts. 
Once you said that, I was like, damn, that is facts. He would have stayed there. Because he's not doing no random ass announcements on a Tuesday. He's trying to get, he was like, all right, let's get the news back to us. Yeah, he was, you know, like they say, on to the next news cycle. That's what Dana White was trying to do. But we ain't forget, <laughs> we ain't forget bro. This shit, that, and fuck all those fights, bro. Fuck those cards, bro. PFL France's biggest news of the week, of the year, of the century. <laughs> I'm on the ass. <laughs> I'm on, I ain't forget, Dana. I know why you did this, you petty motherfucker. <laughs> uh, anything else, Kevin, before we head out of this bitch? Shout out my dog, Francisco Nugano. Shout out, Francis. Shout out, Poirier. Shout out, Gaethje. Hamza. No, I was like, fucking Paulo versus Ikron. But this is so many fights now. Uh, Tony Ferguson's coming back, baby. Tony. Bro, I, I wanted Paulo versus Hamzat so bad. He's getting Hamzat to like a little mini me. But yeah, they're probably going to go um, Abu Dhabi versus Hamzat Usman if they have the chance to. That is the fight I hear the most rumors around is the Usman Hamzat fight. Them boys want each other bad. But yeah, that's all I got, man. This My was, crazy this thing is, what happens to because like if, if let's say Hamza wins, Hamza's not ranked. You just lost to an unranked opponent. Like, where, how far down the ladder do you move a Usman? Like, I think can, it's no, he's still ranked at um in one seventy right now. Oh, he's ranked at all the way. Okay, I didn't know they yeah, took think, because they couldn't make weight. I think he's um ranked number three. Okay, that, that makes a little bit more sense then. All right, all right. I think it'd be different if he went and knocked off motherfucking Robert Whitaker or something. I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, but, I mean, we broke the news. I mean, I guess we broke down the fights. We talked the fights. We we talked the fights for y'all. We made our picks. Uh, <laughs> as always, if y'all didn't know, this has been Totally Blitz Podcast. I'm Paul Pickle Winning Concha. That's Kev, Street Fight Enthusiast Savoy. And as always, go down, like, and subscribe. Comment what you thought on the news. Comment on Francis. Comment on the fights coming up. Comment your picks on the card we talked this weekend. And as always, y'all ain't know when now y'all know, motherfuckers. Yeah.